It's December 10th, 2016, and this is the Turn-Based Attack. Welcome to Turn-Based Attack. We, uh, we recorded during a snowstorm last week. This week, the temperature has is now 30 below. Yeah. Uh, so we're out of the um, fridge and into the freezer, so to speak. Um, but this weather does keep you indoors, uh, which allows you to play more video games. Your host yeah. this week, myself, Lee. Rob is here. Yo. It's a Saturday. Uh, I was just enjoying some Final Fantasy XV. And I think I mean enjoying. It's a, it's a good game. Rob uh, took it upon himself to finish the game already in a, yeah. uh, just uh, uh, almost exactly a week. Um, when did you get it for me? It was, it was release day, so the 29th of November. Yeah, I, I finished it, I think, four days ago. Three or four days ago. Well, look at you. How many hours, Rob? 43 hours it took me to finish the story. But I did some side questing in there. I didn't try and rush the story. I yeah. just kind of... But you didn't do everything. You didn't do all no, of the side questing. No, yeah. I, like, my trophy Which is all list, I've been doing. When I finished the game, my trophy list was 77% complete. There you go. So... The, the remaining stuff to finish is pretty easy. There's a there's one or two things I think that might be a bit of a challenge, but um, so far it's not really that bad. Did you say knocked? It's knocked really <laughs> that bad. Uh, so I got the deluxe edition, which comes with Kingsglaive. Yep. And uh, before... Which is the 3D one, Which right? is the CGI movie that came which, out last summer, I think it was? It came out a while ago. Yeah. Uh, um, and that takes place... Right before the... Or it's, right, it's not really a prequel. It's kind of taking place during... Yeah, it's like right as yeah. the, uh, the there, start of... There is a prequel, mm-hmm. and it's it's Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood, which was a five-part anime series, which you can find on YouTube and watch it for free. They're about 15 minutes apiece. I should probably do if, you've, that. if you've got an hour and a half, it give, it give the point of the Brotherhood anime is to show you all the different characters in that you play, you know, you travel with in the game, and how they relate to Noct, and how, you know... It gives you some very vital backstory that I uh, appreciate now that I'm playing the game. That I'm like, oh, I'm glad I watched this because they don't cover it at all in the game. In fact, the little snippets they show you of Kingsglaive uh, during the transition between Chapter 1 to 2 in uh, Final Fantasy XV mm-hmm. is is a very Cliff Notes. Like, they're, they're showing you just... To show you, like, part of a battle What scene. you need yeah. to see. Uh, the crystal blew up and uh, Dad's dead. That's that's about it. And then Kingsglaive itself, and this is not a spoiler, it's a movie that's been out for a couple years. Uh, at the beginning of Kingsglaive, it explains that Noct is uh, recovering from this injury. And then they never go into it again. Uh, and in the Brotherhood anime, it shows that he's traveling at night, which is something you you don't do in the Final Fantasy XV universe, apparently. And uh, a, a demon uh, is on the road, like a, a Lamia or Lumia, not a, not a Lumpia, but a... A but snake a, lady? A, sna- a snake lady yeah. uh, would be correct. And uh, it attacks... Uh, them and, and blows up a bunch of cars and kills a bunch of his bodyguards and uh, ends up killing his mom on the road. Uh, and then he is also gravely injured during this and he's in a wheelchair at the beginning of Kingsglaive and then Noct mm. is talked about in Kingsglaive. He, is, he doesn't appear in it at all. There's uh, actually, um, later on in the game, there's a cutscene where Noct is in a, like, it's it's flashback. Yeah. And he is in a wheelchair. So what did you think? When he, well, when like, oh, like, he's just in a like, wheelchair? Why is yeah. he in a wheelchair? And I was like, I guess he's injured at some yeah. point. I'm like, how did he get better? And then uh, and then I kind of, <laughs> I won't spoil it, but somebody, I'm pretty sure someone someone fixed him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> fixed him right up. Yeah. Uh, so 
yeah, w- without getting into too many Final Fantasy fifteen spoilers, and it's kind of hard to do with a lot of the setting up the game because of the way it's paced in, in an open-world way. In the same way that Metal Gear Solid Five was a hard game to, to spoil. Uh, so my thoughts on, on this game is basically Final Fantasy... Uh, I've played the majority of them and liked the majority of them, to be completely honest with you. Mm. Uh, this this is good. This is fun. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think the storytelling and how they, you know, how they kind of set up the story in this game is a little lame. Uh, I feel like you could be driven a little more. And then the way the story is paced throughout, or at least as far as I've gone, because uh, like I said, I'm doing most of the side quest stuff, so I'm not pushing yeah. it forward. Uh, it, it moves very slowly. And if I hadn't watched Kingsglaive and had the primer of the, the anime as well, uh, I'm not sure what my feelings would be on these characters and how attached I would be to, to seeing the, uh, the, you know, the main story through, uh, at, do you think a final fantasy game suffers because of this? Or do you think the, because the soul is there and the characters are constantly bickering at one another and you feel like there's a, a driving force between your, behind your adventures <clears throat> well, that's going to pull you through. So again, um, going into like, or, or rather trying not to spoil anything. Um, I guess my whole take on it is that, yeah, like, the the interaction between the four characters, like, the four characters in your party, um, is pretty good. Like, it's cool to see them, you know, uh, bickering or bantering, whatever you want to call it, or, like... Lots of asides. Um, yeah. And, Passive-aggressive and, sarcasm. And, sure, but there's... <laughs> so, like, there's scenes that happen um, when you camp, whether it's, like first thing in the morning like one of them will wake you up or, or say like hey let's go fishing or something like that um or like sometimes ignis will wake you up and be like or right after you wake up you'll be like hey need your help making breakfast um and then you gotta help them and they they talk about things while they're doing this and that just like builds the rapport and if you blast through the story you're gonna miss that stuff so it's gonna feel like these characters aren't as closely connected as they actually yeah. are meant to um but there are other things that happen in the game um, you know, that, like, the main kind of driving force for you to go and, and beat the main villain, um, which, like you had said, uh, chapter one and chapter two, between that you get to see kind of what, what happens back at home, um, cause the, the premise of the game is, like, you need to go to this other city to go get married to yeah. this woman king's glaive sets it up that you're gonna get married in secret the there's yeah. the evil to set up final fantasy 15 period there's an evil empire using magitech to basically they're looking for dominance taking over the entire world let's say there's another nation that has a magic ring and a crystal that's protecting this giant city and uh their 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 wall their defenses haven't been broken yet right uh at the beginning of final fantasy 15 you were traveling with uh your best friend from high school yep. your bodyguard slash trainer and your adv- your royal advisor is yeah. who these three characters are, and the anime sets up in each episode how they come to know Nox and and Noct rather. Yeah. Nox is actually the main character from Kingsglaive. God damn it, uh, and uh, and and so on. So in in Brotherhood, they're already on the road going towards uh, the kingdom where he's to be kind of secretly wed, right. and they they come across uh, they get attacked by some Imperials, and with them is this demon that, from the flashback, is the demon that killed uh, your mom. And you know because it's got that telltale scar uh, that was was given to it by, I believe, your dad before he pushed it off a cliff. So, yeah, I don't know if they ever go into any of the context of this, but the insinuation here being that this is maybe after the attack has happened, wherever this fits in the timeline, and Nock is now aware that, hey, that monster that attacked and killed my mom was very well sent 
by uh, the Empire to do to do so, and he wants his his revenge. And the the, the then it goes into flashback and it shows you an episode <clears throat> of how he met each of the characters, and then at the end they cut its head off. And it's awesome. It's really badass. Didn't see any of that in the game. No, so that's not touched upon yeah. really at all, uh, as far as I know. Yeah, and King's Glaive shows like basically the king's, uh, you know, ring of, of special bodyguards and how they were infiltrated <clears throat> by the empire and how right. uh, basically the empire really wants that ring. They want to destroy yeah. that crystal. They want to finally take these guys over, and they want that that cool right. ring. But in so, King's Glaive, it's set up that this ring only works with the royal bloodline. You are yeah. judged uh, by the the previously deceased kings <clears throat> whether you can wield it or not. Uh, in the in the movie. Uh, and again, I'm going to spoil the hell out of the Kingsglaive movie. Uh, that knight that you see killing King Regis uh, is ends up spoiler alert uh, being the leader of basically that ring that you know Knights of the Round, so to speak, uh, who's who's been corrupted, so to speak. Uh, and then you know the main main character there, Knox, puts on this ring, and they're like, "You're not a royal. We're just going to kill you now." Uh, literally, you put the ring on. If they judge you unworthy, you start on fire. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's covered in the game at all, but uh, in the basically he's given the knight to save the city, and he uh, and a bunch of statues that come to life uh, repel the attack you see in it, while you're sleeping at the pier in Final Fantasy 15, um, and then not can't go home. So him and his his buddies, it, this part I am at the game really early on, are basically just kind of bombing around uh, around Hammerhead, being like, "Well, shit, now what?" Uh, they don't know if the princess is is dead. They don't know what's going on. So. That's just a yeah. Final Fantasy 15. At that point, if you do... Like, I've been doing side quests for four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you kind of take it at your own pace, much in the way that Metal Gear Solid Five was was paced. That's a really big comparison I can draw yeah, between the two games. Yeah, it's pretty closely. Like, you could, you could sit around and do the open world, kind of, uh, you know, run around, do some fishing, like, yeah. hang out with... Um, Each of the four characters has a specialty. Yeah. Uh, so, so Noct likes to fish. Uh, Gladios... Gladios? Gladios. Gladiolus. Gladiolus, Leos, uh, likes survival things. He's camping yeah, with he his Coleman camping gear. Yeah, he doesn't have any sort of um, like interactable thing really. He just picks up extra items while you're running around, or while like after battles, he'll sometimes pick up extra items. I uh, mean, which is appreciated. Yeah, Ignis cooks for you yeah. every morning. So He's when the you're dad. camping, yeah, when you're camping, <laughs> he'll cook meals which give you stat boosts or like. Yeah. Um, can make you immune to as you, as you find different uh, c- cooking recipes. He f- he thinks of different different ways to put yeah. them together. If you go eat something in a diner, he'll come up with like his version of it. Yeah, uh, which is also kind of cool. And th- like and then the photo taking, which is very interesting and <laughs> c- kind of fun. Every time you uh, you turn in for the day, whether it be at camp or a motel or something like that, Prompto has taken ten shots about mm. uh, candid shots or shots you can actually prompt to uh, to to happen when you visit new locations, and then you can save them, <laughs> share them. Yeah. Uh, do whatever you want, and that's that's kind of neat because then you a, a quick flashback of what you did that day, especially if you save midday yeah. and come back to the game a week later and see like, oh, this was the same day as when I played three weeks ago. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I don't want to like spoil it too much, but I'll just say it's important that you save a couple of those photos at least. Okay. For for stuff that happens <laughs> sure. towards the end of the game. All right. Yeah. Crystal so, Chronicles. They're, they're pulling some so, memory bullshit. So find. Save them so to your hard drive. Share them to the. Just save like, them in the game. Just like okay. just when it says like you know you can like like when you, when it prompts you <laughs> to to view or save the photos. Yeah, have a couple a couple good ones saved squared away. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Just, Are you saying just, they do like a Facebook in memoriam at the end of the game, Rob? Where they flash some of those photos? I can't say. Okay. 
But in any case, uh, the battle, uh, if you played the, no one played the tutorial to this game, apparently, uh, very much like kingdom hearts. When you fire up the first kingdom hearts, it introduces you to, uh, the ideas of how the battle is going to work. The thing that you will do, uh, for the majority of the game. There's a, there's uh, a couple things with that. Um, how do you like, do you like the battle system? You notoriously don't like Final Fantasy 12's battle system. Yeah, so if you play the game in wait mode, it feels a little bit more like Final Fantasy twelve. It even shows you like the lines of what your characters are aiming at, like what they're what they're viewing to attack at. Um, but the wait mode system is seems slow. Pretty, it, it, like when you're not standing still, it seems like it's the same same game. But when you are standing still, it gives you a second to be like, all right, what do I want to do here? Do I want to scan this enemy and see what it's weak against? Do I just want to throw a spell over there? Um, what do I want to do? So it's not, it, it doesn't change how the game plays so much. It just kind of gives you moments to pl- plan things out a little bit differently. I've, I've only played in active mode. Yeah, so. I I didn't switch to wait mode until the end of the game, or until I beat the game. Yeah. Um, but with that said, the tutorial, so if you played, there was two demos. There was yeah. the Dusky, Dusky, whatever demo, the first the one. Behemoth. Yeah, and then there was the second demo, the there was, platinum. There was demo. three. There was one. In, there was one in Japan. I think that was exclusive for them as well. Maybe. So, but the, whatever. Yeah. Either way, I mean, I played two of them. You've beaten um, the game, so you've you've played that content yeah. in one way or the other. The the platinum demo. If you beat it, um, you got to see Carbuncle, the um, little like ferret Rabbit. fox, whatever yeah. the fox thing, um, Fennec fox, I think is what it's called. Sure. And it has a little crystal on its head. A little cute a little ruby. fox. A carbuncle's ruby. Yeah. Please, Rob. He's got his, you know, his little yeah. cute little fox thing. And sure. he shows up in the tutorial. Yeah, he's like, and let me, he like let me tell you all about yeah, fighting. He tells you stuff. And you're yeah. like, all right, cool, man. Um, you, 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 see, even, you even get to name him. Already, in the demo. like in the, in the tutorial, he's apparating weapons. Like mm-hmm. the whole thing in the game is that the, there's no solid weapons per se. They're, yeah. they're being apparated. And you learn that. Uh, with the ring thing in the King's Glaive is that uh, the king and people around him have they're channeling magic through him, and once the, in King's Glaive the king dies, they can no longer create weapons or use warp strikes and stuff like that. But basically, the king had his group of people like Noct has his three buddies in the car there uh, that and their powers are tied to him, yeah. um, which is so, which finally makes sense that if you're playing as one character and Noct dies, then it's it's a it's considered a wipe. Yeah, because it finally makes sense. Unlike in thirteen, where if lightning went down, it's like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. She's dead. Um, um, so the tutorial sets up the tutorial battle. Tutorial does set up the battle system. Square to block and parry. Uh, mm-hmm. Circle to you hold circle to attack. You switch between four active weapons or magic. Uh, Nock can equip any weapon in the game, pretty much, uh, including magic. Uh, whereas the other characters kind of have a certain certain yeah, weapons they can, they can equip. Primary and a secondary. Yeah, you can totally equip knocked with pistols and just stand back and just sh- shoot your guns. Yeah, uh, which is fine. Uh, there's a tire which changes not only the uh, cosmetic look of your characters but also can affect their stats as every weapon and accessory do. There's a yeah. sphere grid. Hell yeah. Sort Woo! of. It's sort of. A, no, it's a very it's a sphere, bro. It, it, it's a, it's sphere. a, it's a sphere. sphere grid in the same. Like cosmetic appearance is the yeah. sphere grid. You use AP much. ability points to unlock yeah. different things in the sphere grid. Some it's of them will not cost as some of them are expensive. You know, like when they re-released FF10, and uh, you could go anywhere. Well, you could, go, you could start anywhere. The, and that go was like anywhere. a mode you could enter, where it's like free yeah. sphere grid, yeah. where you could from the beginning of the game like take any character on just, any just make area. Them a yeah, super a monster. Mage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like that at all. It's very there's there's different 
like parts within the sphere grid. Let's yes. call it the ascension. And grid. and that goes back to the techniques which each car- uh, uh, character you have can equip one. I don't assume they ever let you equip more than one technique. That- yeah. No, Do, they don't. Well, you you can switch the technique you have. Equipped, sure, but, but you can't. in battle you can't equip. You end up at the end of the game, you have three equipped, and you can choose between them. You would just hit the hit the, hit the menu pause button, button and equip it, and then go and equip it. Okay, so that it. sucks. Yeah, they're all, you're, so, they're all equipable at any. So time. that's bringing us around to the thing I think we have to complain about in this game is that the battle system, while stylish and fun. Uh, and it's not entirely repetitive. It, it keeps you on your toes enough that you have to be switching things up. But aside from that, and kind of approaching a battle with, what's this thing vulnerable to? Okay, rinse and repeat. Uh, very shallow. Uh, as, But whatever. It, it, what, it is, is it any more shallow than waiting for a, a meter to fill up and hitting attack once? No. It's it's not. It's, it's yeah. Um, what I was going to say about the demo and Carbuncle before I forget Sorry. is that Carbuncle is pretty much told like he's a summon yeah right um in past games in past games and in this one uh and of course i'm sure if you've seen a commercial or any of the advertisements for this game you, or, or even played the, the first demo that came out uh with the behemoth you you know that there are summons in this game and um that's one of my favorite parts about the game is the summons i think it's incredible the, the scale of the enemies in general is uh, is worth yeah. mentioning like the first time you encounter an iron giant uh, in the middle of the night, uh, I was just telling Rob upstairs there, uh, I was driving along, it was night, just trying to get to, to the motel after doing a, uh, a hunt that took place at night, and suddenly a giant purple hand reaches out of the road in front of me, they mm-hmm. they slam on the brakes in the car, you don't have, I don't, at this point, I assume maybe later in the game you get to just cruise away, but uh, they slam on the brakes and everybody jumps out of this car and basically abandon the vehicle to run into a field away from this thing, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> so... Yeah, the, the enemies are pretty huge. Um, the summons are, like, skyscrapers. Like, they just, like, show up. Like, Ramu, the one from the demo, yeah. he just shows up and, like, has, like, a staff that has Ixion's head on it. Like, yeah. from previous Final Fantasies, you'd know Ixion. Um, but it's, like, a, basically like, like a horse, like, lightning like a unicorn. Kieran. Yeah, yeah he, like, he has a staff and he just, like, throws it into the ground and it, like, electrocutes everything. And the ground is just completely scorched yeah. everywhere. Um, it looks super awesome. Every time you see it, you're just like, man, that's badass. So do you... Um, the, the I'm to understand the story without getting into too many spoilers. Sure. The thing that the group ends up doing is hunting down these summons before they head home to wreck shit, right? Um, sort of. The, the main goal... <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure there's a twist somewhere along the line, but... Basically, it's not the group that's hunting down the summons so much as it is um, the Oracle. She's... Right. She's making pacts or covenants with the summons um for one reason or another which you find out uh, at some point um but she's she's (laughs) going around and finding them waking them up and talking to them so that she can make the covenants with them uh to help out knocked okay for one reason or another okay Uh, but in any case um the summons are super badass and uh, I finished the game never seeing Carbuncle once. Okay. And I was like, where's Carbuncle? Because the summons, you can't just, like, summon them like you could in, like, Final Fantasy, you know, 6. You yeah. can't You, can't you just have to find special summon. summon platforms. Yeah, you can't, like, you can't just do it whenever you want. They only show up under certain circumstances in the battle. So it's usually, like, if you're really outnumbered in a battle or if you're, like, getting your ass kicked and you are, like, 
you get your HP dropped to zero, and and Nox running around trying to get one of his homies to to <laughs> rescue him. Give him a pat on the back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. You know. Then then you'll summon a randomized summon based on the um, circumstances that happened. So okay. Um. And then like it takes other things into account, like the terrain that you're fighting in. Um. Certain other summons. There's only six summons in the game, four of which five technically are are summonable. Um. Carbuncle being the fifth one. But Carbuncle only shows up in easy mode. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you're playing the game and you finish it and you're like, where was Carbuncle this whole time? Um, and you unlocked him from beating the Platinum demo. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can unlock him any other way. But if you have him and you're wondering where he's at, switch it to easy mode. I was, uh, and get your ass kicked. I was seeing online also uh, that he will appear in photos prompto takes. He will yeah, photo bomb. I've never seen him in a photo. Well, you're not in easy mode. I guess yeah. it have to be in easy mode. You're I don't rolling know. too hard. Yeah, but uh, in any case, the summons are super badass. There's some really cool stuff with like the way that they interact with Noct and and uh, even each other um, that you see later on in the game, which is it's just badass. Um, really makes the them seem important as, as opposed to just kind of like a a strong thing that just helps you win. Yeah. Um, much in the way that uh, F of Ten made the summons very important as well. Um, what with uh, a bigger focus? What's her face yeah. putting? Yeah. Uh, Yuna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say having Luna. to go to the different trials and making. I was gonna say them. I was gonna say Luna. That's fine. Yeah, Luna Freya. Yeah, but, weird, yeah, stupid. Luna. Uh, in any case, uh, game's wicked. I, I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I could I could sing its praises a lot. There's a lot of little glitches and things like that that yeah, happen. There's weird stuff. Like I, know, I have a quest right now that's that's already messed out. up that yeah. I've looked up and it's like oh it was intended to be one thing so apparently they're going to patch the crap out of it and we'll talk about that in the news a little sure. bit. Um, There's a dungeon in the game that's like glitched really easily as well and it makes you have to redo it three times uh, up to three times and it's like a really hard dungeon you need like end game stuff to do. Uh, I've redone it twice already and it's like okay, it's a real badass over here. It, it sucks. Um, aside from that though. <laughs> Pretty enjoyable. I would definitely recommend picking it up to anybody. Um, I don't know. There's there's some some quirks here and there. Um, my uh, well, let's let's talk more about the story another week. Sure. Because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who picked it up. That and it, it could come up during game of the year as well, right? Sure. So uh, let's talk about a game that was uh, announced uh, a while back. Came out the weekend of uh, the PlayStation Experience, which was last weekend, and we'll talk about that more in depth. But uh, I've been playing Let It Die, uh, which is Suda 51s free to play game. Uh, it is a roguelike dungeon crawler or tower ascender, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you base it's set in the year like 2026, and a giant earthquake has basically ripped the earth into quadrants. There is this giant fabled tower that's uh, constantly getting higher and higher in the South Tokyo Bay. Uh, you are kind of like a weird Matrix puppet man, uh, and you basically roll a character, much like in Rogue Legacy. You see as high up as you can go. You get a myriad of weirdo weapons and, and armor that's constantly breaking due to durability, so you're constantly switching things out. Uh, the entire game... Uh, and the characters presented, like the NPC characters, be even the shopkeepers, uh, or now just today, or, or in the last couple days here, they launched the online mode where you can actually invade other people's waiting rooms in the lobby of the thing and, and steal their uh, money and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So your characters that you've built, I have three slots right now, so when I'm not there, if someone tries to invade my waiting room, those guys will automatically attack them hmm. uh, on top of me, you know, finding blueprints, unlocking new weapons... 
uh, and things like that. The 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 game feels very similar to the the weird, uneasy creepiness that the characters had in a game like Killer Seven, uh, where the dialogue is being spoken to you. The the just the way the characters move and are animated is uncomfortable and kind of creepy. Uh, the voice acting follows suit there, and there's also some crazy voice acting. There's Mark Hamill. Is in this game, uh, Wee Man from Jackass plays one of the playable characters. Oh yeah! When he's like screaming, you're like, "That is that the Wee Man?" Uh, Billy D. Williams is represented in this thing. It's bizarre, man. Um, you basically, you have Uncle Death, who is this guy in a Reaper costume whose sunglasses are constantly changing. Uh, the game takes place in an arcade where the characters around you are also, in, you know, represented by NPCs. When you're inside this game, that is like a weird virtual reality cocktail cabinet game. I don't know, man. This game's got a lot of style, it's a lot of fun, and it's completely free. Apparently later in the game when you get higher in the tower, obviously, uh, the free-to-play aspects of having to maybe buy the currency known as Death Metal uh, will rear its head. But as long as you're playing every day and getting those login bonuses, I feel like I could play this game for, you know, four straight hours. Uh, and because it's a game where your skill is directly proportionate to ha- what you pay in currency... Uh, don't die, and you can play this game for a long time. So the idea of dying or how cheap the game gets later on, I can imagine, uh, will rear its head and be like, oh, now now I'm feeling the grind uh, of having to, uh, you know, get, give up my stuff. But for a free-to-play game, man, pretty pretty substantial. I'm hoping this can maybe even spin out into a, uh, a proper multiplayer game uh, at some point. But uh, I like it. Uh, the gameplay is very similar to that of, like, let's say, a Dark Souls uh, and that how you equip weapons and stuff like that, how the combat kind of flows. Uh, there's some different systems in there. Like you can see your heart beating in your chest, and that's your stamina meter. As it starts to beat more rapidly, you got to slow her down. Uh, weapons in the game range from baseball bats and things with nails wrapped around it to guns and firework launchers and bizarre stuff. You can put a pylon on your head and wear all kinds of wacky gear and whatnot. Uh, I'm really liking it. So let it die. It's completely free. Is the other thing. So uh, other than spending a couple uh, you know hours with this game, uh, I say fire it up. Get to at least floor three, and at that point you'll know if it's something you want to stick with or not. It's not skimpy on the loot either, so the time you put in, you're constantly picking up gear and loot that uh, you know you will definitely use. If your character dies and you do not revive them, you don't spend the currency to revive them, they become what's known as a hater, uh, and they remain on that floor, and you can go back to that floor with a different character and fight your own character to get him back. Uh, you're also able to, when you invade other people's bases, kidnap their characters. Uh, and they basically go into a prison in the washroom of your waiting room. Uh, and they remain there. You can either uh, free them and, and uh, obtain them as a character. So if I have a character and you're like, oh man, that's a good level up character that I've stolen. I'm going to spend the 5,000 gold coins or whatever uh, and put them on my roster. Otherwise he remains there until someone breaks into your base and frees the prisoners. It's very interesting. Uh, and I played this game at E3 and really liked the simplicity of the, the battle system and how it's fun and... It's satisfying, man. You get these cool, like, weapon combos where you're just wailing on someone with a couple of hammers and they blow up into ribbons of blood. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, that You know, that's suit of 51 flair. The the character, <clears throat> the character uh, Tetsuo, I believe is his name, who is the, one of those, like a, like, a jo- like a Johnny Cab robot, doesn't have a moving mouth, but has, like, light-up eyes and just shakes violently as he talks to you and pops out of this console... Uh, he's the one that lets you invade other people's bases. He is unnerving, and I love it. I can't talk to that guy enough, and uh, that's always my favorite part of Suda Games is these out, this 
otherworldliness that the animation has and these characters have. So I really don't like Suda. I know. Arc, so I know. I hate it. You, did you ever play Killer Seven or like No More Heroes or what, what have you played? I, of I played No More Heroes, um, and I thought it was okay, but like. I just don't like his art style, uh, and most of his games I just find irritating. <laughs> That's fine. But, yeah, but I mean, I'll try it out. We'll see if I like it. And it sounds like it's, it's got some cool elements. My PlayStation Plus just expired. Oh, so I'm like, I wonder if this will work without it. Ziggy's waiting in on Let It Die. Yeah, yeah, he's why'd, a fan. Why don't you get lost, you, you <laughs> jerk? Um, yeah. All right, cool. cool. Uh, I picked up uh, Dead Rising Four. Haven't got to play it yet. Uh, that's starring Frank West. It's Christmas. Uh, he's back at Willamette. They're trying to cover up another zombie outbreak, uh, and he's there to cover it. So some changes in Dead Rising 4 that I can speak on before I play the game. Uh, the psychos are gone. The kind of general goofiness of the series is downplayed in this. Uh, there isn't a time limit. There's no Zombrex. Yes. So. I might get this then. But, so here's the thing, though. People are complaining that that stuff is gone because otherwise it's just a beat-em-up. Now it's a linear beat-em-up where you're actually going from point to point and there's actual boss fight beats and it, it's different. It's it's changing the series up a bit. So people have mixed feelings on... Because mm. even, like, if you played 3 or something like that, there still was the Zombrex timer, let's say, but it it was definitely downplayed. Like, it's something you have to think consider and think about, but not in the same way as the first one or the second one where it's like, oh, you're on a strict timer constantly to find more of this stuff. But that kind of was a weird appeal of those games, man. I don't well, know. I hated that. I hated that because I felt like I, if I wanted to play the game at my own pace, yeah, I couldn't. And that, like, I if I wanted to, but there was a there was a kind of a free it, roam right? mode that you could also get into. Right? Yeah, but it sucked. Okay, fair, fair enough. <laughs> uh, then I've been playing more Pokemon Moon. Uh, I I'm, I finished the Grass Trial last night. I've been playing the hell out of the Festival Plaza and the Pokemon Pelago or whatever. Which basically allows you to deposit Pokemon to EV train while you go and do other things. And then you drop berries in this basket and you can send Pokemon to this cave to find things. It's all of this, like, side minigame. So instead of grinding out for items or grinding out EV values in real time, in the morning or whenever you, pl- you play the game at lunch, you set your Pokemon to train for eight hours. And whenever you come back to them, they've trained while you haven't been playing the game. And that's really a welcome change to how that works in Pokemon. Let me tell you something. Tell you um, what. Yeah. That's that's a long time coming. So, still enjoying the game. Pokemon Moon's uh, pretty great. I've been liking it. So, anything else you've been playing, Rob? Or Final Fantasy kind of is taking up your... Uh, Final Fantasy is really the only thing I've been playing. Uh, I actually got to play NHL 17 yesterday for a little bit. Um, How is it? feels it? exactly the same as 16. Like, Weird. almost to a T. <laughs> they changed up a couple of the systems with, like, line... Uh, like, how you can set your lines to to play like in the offensive end the defensive end uh for those of you who know anything about sports i'm sure you but you could always change them on the fly you you can change it on the fly still but it's just different types of formations now as opposed to um what was offered in previous games uh there's the the gm mode or whatever now right like it's more robust there's more online things to do like there's a um draft kings mode if uh, for those of you who like play, a sponsored DraftKings mode, I don't know if Do- it's, DraftKings.com. I don't know if it's like that, but it's like you you get a team that you just draft players into, and then so you, you try and go Vegas. as far as you can with that team, and you get like points or whatever okay. based on it. So they've they've adapted some of the stuff from like the Madden series into this, and apparently the GM mode is more robust now as well. You can make your own arenas. And yeah, stuff. I'm super excited about that because I've always been really passionate about that well, being in there. Hopefully next September. 
when 18 rolls around uh they'll like have that it'll, and improve on it yeah yeah and i'd be excited for that because i'm not buying that. another one until like i like i say skip do it if you if you play nhl games get get it one year and then wait so if your odds if you're on like nhl 15 pick up yep. this year if you got nhl 16 wait till next year wait till 18 do odds or evens don't don't get every year <laughs> it's too too much but what if the 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 year I wasn't gonna buy one has has a cover athlete that I I want? Don't bother. Well, Rob, it's uh, we're cruising for a bruising here at the end of Q Q four. Uh, not a whole lot more coming out. There's a there's a Wild Guns Reloaded coming. Can out. I just say? Yeah. That yes. This Final Fantasy game. Yeah. The, oh, it. it uh, we backtracking a little bit here, go back but to a, yeah. It's made me really excited for the next Kingdom Hearts game. Don't, come on. Because it's basically don't, Kingdom Hearts. Don't. 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 Like, the battle system no. is exactly... It's, it's almost exactly the same as Kingdom Hearts. I think Kingdom Hearts 1 for is anybody one of the greatest who, games on the PS2. For I anybody, think any other Kingdom Hearts game for has anybody just been chasing who has, what that first game was. <laughs> for anybody who has had doubts of yeah. what FF7 is going to be like, there's your game. The new uh, remake... It's You're saying this, this is the battle system? Yeah, this is the yeah. battle system yep. that Square's going to be similar. Yeah. yeah, they've they've said as much. It's not turn. It's not a turn based attack, Rob. <laughs> ha! It's a little on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> anyway, uh, let's run down the game awards that took place uh, oh, yeah. la- uh, the last the Thursday. Yeah, last no, of last weeks. last Thursday. Anyways, the Keelys happened. They gave, uh, they gave Kojima his award. They gave Kojima the, the sorry thing, we missed you award. Yeah, the only thing that Jeff Keighley didn't do was pull his pants down and give him a blowy in front of a million people. He basically Ridiculous. Did. Uh, Calm down. <laughs> Kojima's not that big, man. <laughs> tired of uh, it. I'm tired of it. Let's run down the winners and then we'll talk about uh, anything else that happened. Specifically, I guess, a Death Stranding trailer. Fuck um, right off. Are, are, are you taking? Christ. Is this the stance you're taking? I like I this. I cannot. I... Hideo Kojima just stopped making video games. Whoa! For love of God, controversial. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm so done. Best esports game of the year, Overwatch. Sure. Has Overwatch had like turn like esports tournaments? Yeah. Okay. I sure. They do. There's I like, mean, there's I, tournaments for like fifty grand. Dota two, League of Legends. No, no, no longer. Those, those watch are out. Just, those are just <laughs> they're old hat. Uh, best esports team, Cloud Nine. No idea who that is. Wow. Okay, Cloud9, Mango, shouts, shouts to my boy Mango. Okay, there you go. Super Good Smash Bros. Melee. Uh, best esports player, Cold Cold Zero? Yeah, I was really hoping for Hungrybox to win that, mostly because Smash Fam, but whatever. Okay. I didn't know you had so many opinions. I do. Best fan creation, no winner was announced during the show for this award, uh, which also had two fan-created games removed from the nominees list before, after they were announced. Probably because they got fucking yeah. cease and desist from I, Nintendo or something. So I don't know what they were, but one of them was the Brutal Doom 64, that like top-down, derezzed Doom thing someone made. But then they were also nominating Doom in this show, so the id guys were there. So you have a fan-made thing, which is an IP violation, and you, you can't do, being honored in a... There's some stupid decisions uh, all over this thing that we'll get into in a moment. Uh, winner, Boogie2988, Trending Gamer. Not not entirely sure. Boogie2988 is that, that guy who's Guess like... I'm out of touch. He's like a really overweight nerd who like makes gotta be more videos about... like. Remember that video of that really overweight nerd guy flipping the table at the magic cards? Um, 
Sure. Just look him up. Uh, I say overweight, not to be offensive, but because he himself ex- expresses that he's un- unhappy with his appearance and all this. Most anticipated game goes to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Get out of my... Sure. Best multiplayer, Overwatch. Best sports it. racing goes to Forza Horizon 3, which I uh, do hear... Pronounce it uh, properly, please. Uh, Forza Thank Horizon. You. Best family game goes to Pokemon Go. Best strategy game, Civilization 6. Sorry, man, I feel like I called all of these almost exactly. Like we should have had, yeah. Just we, like the two Death Stranding ta- trailers, someone should go back and line up the two podcasts together, and you'll actually hear that Rob calls the winners before I do. Uh, best fighting game goes to Street Fighter Five. Yeah, okay. Wow, um, what are, what were what were what else is in that category? <laughs> Killer Instinct, King King of Fighters, and Pockin Tournament. Oh, I said Pockin Tournament over Street yeah, Fighter Five because you're naive. Well, because uh, I don't like Capcom. <laughs> best RPG goes to The Witcher 3's DLC, Blood and Wine. What else was in that? Dark Souls 3, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, Xblade uh, Chronicles X, and World of Warcraft expansion. Uh, I think I said that, I think that this one would win. Sure. Witcher. In a world yeah. where there's no Pokemon or Final Fantasy nominated. Well, they're uh, not real RPGs. Best action game went to Dishonored 2, and I'm pretty sure this was featured before and after a Dishonored 2 commercial, which is pretty sure a little I strange. That too. A little strange. Pretty sure I called that too. Uh, best action game goes to Doom. Sorry, Overwatch. You're the best everything else, but you're not the best action game. What? Uh, best VR game goes to Res Infinite, which, sure. Job Simulator, maybe. Got a little, uh... God, fucked. I, I... Job Simulator is a VR game you can strap anyone into without telling them shit. Yeah, and it's And they're fun. gonna have a good time. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, Ziggy's also upset about this. Uh, best music sound design went to Doom. Sure. Whatever. Best games for, uh... I- Impact was That Dragon Cancer. There was a, uh... A cool, cool speech yeah. uh, afterwards. Best independent game went to Inside. Um, best mobile handheld did go to Pokemon Go. Sure. I, I don't know, man. Uh, best narrative, Uncharted 4. So I picked that one, too. Art direction, I think I said Inside already. Best game direction went to Blizzard for Overwatch. Game of the year too. went to Overwatch as well. Called that one, too. Uh, and that's that's about it uh so i didn't watch it this year i was completely free that evening i i made a conscious decision that i'm like i'm good follow along on twitter and it seemed like i didn't miss a hell hell of a lot um you missed the hideo kojima thing and the death stranding thing and him and guillermo del toro's uh fuck konami campaign admittedly entertaining uh but what is this game it's going to use the gorilla engine which is what uh horizon zero dawn is using uh, of course it, hideo kojima is working in-house at sony so why wouldn't you use uh, an engine that is looking pretty good, to be completely honest. That Horizon game is looking fancy. Um, so, uh, they played a new trailer. We got Oil Babies. We got Maz Mickelson uh, featured with bleeding oil eyes and oil soldiers. And, yeah, and basically the bad guy from Doctor Strange shows up wearing military fatigues with skeleton soldiers. Like, I give shit. Stop showing me burning whales and skeleton people and oil babies in your fucking game i'm tired of it uh so this is the first year of four presumably until this game comes out so uh we'll know uh i can't i i hate (laughs) hideo kojima's games is is it the pretentiousness what it what is it it's just it's like he's uh it's like everything he has to do is like a, a uh it's like a message in a bottle Mm-hmm. And he's just throwing a, it a out baby there. in a bottle. It's like he's like just throwing it out there and be like, like, Did look, you like look for all the crazy little intricacies in my trailer. But that's that the have, appeal. That have nothing to do with my game. But that's the appeal of Hideo Kojima. Like, so you just don't me, like Hideo Kojima. Ask me this. Ask me this, Rob. Sure, Rob. How 
important was the flaming whale and the abstract shit from the beginning of Metal Gear 5 to the game? How, go ahead, how, ax me. Go, I'm going to ax you. Uh, Rob, how important was that flaming whale uh, imagery to the story at large in Metal Gear Solid 5? Fucking not. It, did, it has nothing to do with it. And the trailer, even the trailer itself, it's like, it, it's just, it's, it's there to tease the fans to build hype for a subpar game. It's going to be bad. Well, we don't even know what the game is. It could be a puzzle game. I hope it is. I hope he just gives up and stops making games. Like, the I idea, don't want him to make games anymore. People should uh, retire. I would assume, if I, if I was a betting man, that this game would be in the playstyle of P.T., I feel like I probably said some nice things about Metal Gear Solid Five. I said I enjoyed the gameplay, but I hated the story. And I'm probably going to say the same thing about this fucking game. I don't care about the story because Hideo Kojima can't write a comprehensive story to save his it goddamn life. It makes it up life. as he goes on. Yeah. But that's the appeal. No, it's not the appeal. <laughs> it's a mess. Here's what Hideo Kojima does for his games. He says, guys, I got this really cool idea. Here's what we're going to do. And it's a scene. He has really cool scenes in his head. And then once the scene is made, he's like, okay, there's going to be a flaming whale. It came to me in a dream. It's super badass. There's going to be a flower. There's going to be a guy with a hook hand. It's going to be sick. And then they're like, okay, Hideo, how do we make that work in the story? And he goes, fuck, figure it out. And then walks away. And then he wa- <laughs> and then walks away. And that's why I don't like his storytelling. I think it is, it's so, it, it's like someone who has like like a split personality trying to tell you like one story cohesively. It doesn't make sense. Uh, or it's, or it's broken up so, so much that you're well, like, the, wait, what? How the, f- what? Well, I mean, these, these two trailers aren't meant to divulge anything about but, what the game is about. But they're like connected with each other yeah, sure. for the sake of being it'll, connected to each other. It'll all come together. The thing with the baby, with Norman Reedus's baby falling in and, and appears. And appear- and, yeah, Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. I don't care about it's it. Fun. Why? What's the point? <laughs> What's the point of a teleporting baby? What's the point of Mads Mikkelsen saying shush? I think, oh, you can pull... Is he supposed to be Quiet's dad? Yeah, he's Quiet's dad. Fuck! That's why he's got the oil eyes. I'm so tired of it, man. I can't stand it Well, Rob, you don't understand. The the baby is... uh, is, It's a metaphor for... Metal Gear Solid. It was just ripped from him. uh, uh, I cannot stand this shit anymore. Game of the Year is going to be fun if we can get you and Andrew in the the same house. I will fight Andrew For most anticipated... Most anticipated game. Uh, yeah. All right. Anticipate let's uh, fucking WWE. Anticipate. Uh, t- <laughs> let's run down uh, PSX. PSX. Uh, the the PlayStation Experience. Did you watch their uh, their so, keynote? I tuned in late to that after you started texting me about it. It was, I was way like, better oh, than their E3 showing for sure. Um, Go Madden. Go John Madden. Uh, Yakuza Kiwami is coming out. That's going to be a remake of the PS2 classic on PS4. Uh, Windjammers, the the French Windjammers uh, scene could be heard all the way over here in Canada. Their their yells of fun. Uh, so the online multiplayer there is being ha- handled by the same people, I believe, maybe that did the uh, Mark of the Wolves. Isn't this port. just a port, though? Yes, but there's online multiplayer, and it's meant to be an e- like an esports game. Like people take this game very seriously. Whatever. YouTube man. French Windjammers, and you're gonna see some shit. It's a Neo Geo arcade game, uh, basically future frisbee extreme sports. Yeah, uh, frisbees bounce off of walls and stuff. I, you know, I'm not gonna run down everything here because there's a ton of stuff. Head to head versus mode comes to Pyre, the new RPG from Bastion Team. Uh, they showed Nino Kuni two. 
Uh, they excited showed, about that, even though I never finished the first one. Uh, PS4 is getting the Danganronpa games, both one and two and three. Isn't that going to be a? It, that's that titty game, right? It's a, it, I don't believe that it's a titty game. No, Danganronpa. I'm, fr- I'm pretty sure it there is. might be titties in it. No, that's that game where all the girls are like fucking quadruple H cup size. I don't know that that's the case. I'm pretty sure. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll take your word be, for it. I might be thinking of a different one, but I'm. I'm I could be wrong. Um, it's happened before. There's going to be a Ken Griffey-inspired retro mode in MLB The Show 17. It looks kind of neat. Uh, Near Automata gets a release date and demo announced. Uh, they showed a Wipeout collection and then showed Destiny's 2016 festival with the stupid Sparrow driving. Uh, Let It Die is out. Final, uh, Final Resident Evil 7 Biohazard demo update is out. You can play it in VR. Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy uh, is shown. Uh, NAC 2 is announced, which... We oh. did it, baby! Okay. We did it! Yes. Uh, the internet's sarcasm about Knack has very possibly Which I think mutated into honestly, a second game. I honestly think that the internet's sarcasm towards Knack and how it's like the game of the year every year or whatever uh, is thanks to a single YouTuber. I think it's it, Video Game Donkey. I think it's his fault. He's made Knack 2 he, happen. He's like, he puts out game of the year. Like he's a comedian, video game comedian. Uh, he puts out content quite quite often, once a month, once every few weeks. He has this like game of the year videos that he always does, and it's always a countdown, and it's just goofy. But at the end of it, he always puts like knack, uh, and like it's just hilarious. But he put out a video just for knack two. That's like we did it, knack two. It's finally here, Fantastic. and it has footage of knack one. <laughs> it's just it's incredible. Anyway. Well, I saw the footage for knack two, and it might as well have been pretty much. But multiplayer. Uh, Parappa the Rappa, Patapon, and Lokoroko are getting PS4 remasters coming in 2017. Also, there's a demo for the original Parappa the Rappa, I guess. New trailer shows off Gravity Rush 2's planned single-player expansion for free. Uh, they show more of Neo, which is looking like a pretty cool game. Uh, Capcom announced the 2v2 fighter sequel, Marvelous Capcom Infinite, mm-hmm. for PS4, Xbox mm-hmm. One, and PC, coming in 2017. Wait, 2v2? 2v2. What do you mean 2v2? 2v2. Like, Marvelous two. Capcom 1. What? It's 2v2. Two, two. two versus two. What happened to three versus three? It's gone. It wasn't always three versus three. The original games were always 2v2, man. I remember that. Yeah. I remember, because you could pick, like, Ryu and Cyclops. Yeah. Which was, like, why would you do that? But then later you could pick three. Well, they've changed it. I'm glad uh, it's back to two, but yeah. still don't give a shit. They showed some more footage from uh, PS4 I told, exclusive Horizon Zero Dawn. I told Capcom. You told Capcom? Yeah. I, sent them I a told str- Capcom. I sent them a strongly worded message and said, give me my Mega Man X game. Yeah. And they and said, don't worry, bro, we got you. Here, here, here it is. is. Yeah. The first character First announced. character in the trailer. Fuck you. <laughs> Next, Machina. Uh, it's a new PS4 game from the Resogun developer um, and Eugene Jarvis. That's coming out. Uh, Uncharted 4 The Lost Legacy is getting standalone story DLC. Woo. Not starring Nathan Wait, Drake. Oh, Uncharted. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, they revealed uh, Joel and Ellie will return in Last of Us Part 2. So there you go, yeah. man. The trailer, um, while it seemed pretty, like, whatever, standard fare, um, there's some really cool... Uh, lighting effects and like from a technical perspective um, and graphically that, that man there's a if you watch it in like 1080 you'll see that when Ellie like the trailer has Ellie like playing on a guitar which yeah. Joel tells her he's gonna teach her to do after like everything wraps up in during Last of Us 1 um, so she like learned how to it's play guitar it's the least guitar. he could do after what he sure. did bro. well in any case um 
<laughs> the uh, there's a scene where she's tuning the guitar. Yeah. And and when you look, if you watch it, you have to watch it in high res. You won't pick it up on low res. It's an oil baby. There's there you can see her fingerprints on the on the tuning picks. Okay. Tuning that's what they're called. Tun- yeah. Tuning pegs. Pegs. Peg. You can see her fingerprints on it, and I was just like, it's something so small, but the fact that they put it there speaks volumes to Naughty Dog. <laughs> okay. Just their attention to detail sure. is on par with that of Hideo Kojima if he knew what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> God damn it. I hope that guy just fucks off. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what your feelings are on Last of Us. I felt that the game never got more gripping than it was in its first ten minutes. As soon as there was a rebel faction and like a government lockdown, I became completely uninterested in that game. Especially after playing Bioshock Infinite, which had the exact same framework for a backdrop of the main story. Um, so never finished Bioshock Infinite. Um, should, meant should, to, should do it. but do you have the Bioshock collection? I don't, because I've play. I only ever finished Infinite. Yeah, it was my favorite. I wanted. I, I wanted. Think I have it on PS3. Nah, I don't have a PS3 anymore. Jesus. Well, I could probably... Anyway, so um, what I'll say about Last of Us is that I really liked it. I remember blasting through it pretty quickly, and I was like, man, this game is pretty good. Um, storytelling was all right. The battle system reminded me a lot of Uncharted, so easy peasy. I mean, sprinting up to um, someone and knocking them out with a two by four was satisfying well, yeah, in that game. I was uh, yeah. curious as to why like Joel was a mutant, like from the X Men, like why he could just hear through walls and shit. Uh, how don't, he had echolocation. I was a little curious him, about that. Him, Batman, and Agent Forty Seven all have this and right. any ability to well, see Batman, through walls. Well, Batman, Batman makes sense because tech, right? Sure. Tech power, tech explained. Yeah, it. but like nanomachines, Hideo. Yeah, uh, but. <laughs> My question is how Joel has nanomachines or tech powers or <laughs> mutant abilities. Uh, uh, whatever. Alcohol is yeah. a hell of a drug. Well, um. <laughs> Enough said. But Last of Us, I liked that game when it came out. I'm, I'm confident in that. I think it gave it a nod in my game of the year that year, uh, which I think Mike might have participated in when we sure. recorded that. But either way, enjoyable. Sure. Enjoyable game. I'm looking forward to the sequel. I'll, I'll say that. Okay, cool. I, I'm like me. I'll probably no, play. It. I knew you would. Meh. I knew you would be like that. Eh. Eh. I knew you would. Uh, p- people, you keep your oil babies, man. People talk about the end of that game like they'd never seen that exact twist. In yeah, a movie so we can before. we can talk about the end now because we're. we're but, I'm sure but what we is have there to say about it? I I thought it was a good call. He tells a white lie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> listen, man. Listen, man. Sometimes in your life, you gotta lie. But they give you the choice in that game at the end. You have to do it. You have to you have to pull the trigger, so to speak. So, but they they give you the illusion of choice and then take it away from you. Otherwise, the game will not will not advance. Remember when I bitched about how that girl like shoots? What? Oh, there was like that scene <laughs> where like that person like shoots someone. I think it's Joel shoots someone. Sure. While he's holding Ellie. Uh-huh. From the waist, yeah, and I'm like, how the fuck? He's good. I remember that that irritated. We were me. just talking about his superpowers, man. He's clearly Fair more than human. Yeah. Maybe the second game will go into he's more than how Joel is able to do these these feats. Yeah, um, that fungus mutated him. That fungus. Uh, of course, during the Capcom Cup, if you stayed up late enough uh, and watched all the finals, they nope. showed the first gameplay of Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Get, uh, whatever. The uh, the game seems to revolve around the Infinity Gems. 
uh, which you can utilize in battle, whether you equip them. Guess who the last boss is going to be? It's probably going to be Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tie it right into uh, it's going to be perfect for when... so yeah people are thinking it's it's Marvel U uh, and there's no there's no pr- proving it against it yet so far announced has been uh, Ryu Mega Man X uh, Morgan from Darkstalkers uh, we have Iron Man Captain Marvel and Captain America oh yeah Captain Marvel yeah I confused her with Storm for some reason yeah no Storm but no X they have an assist in there too though. That, I thought, I no, thought the idea is that you have that you have a two character fighting team, and then you can call them in an assist, or you can switch to them. I thought I saw someone. So not unlike Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Whatever, man. I'm, uh, t- I'm tired of Capcom. I'm writing them off. Them and Kojima th- throw uh, them to the wolves, man. As part of that, they also released uh, Ultimate Marvel's Capcom no, three on uh, on PlayStation Four. Don't care. It's all you're done. Completely I mean, done. you never like Capcom fighting games anyway. No, I love Capcom fighting games. You're so my bad child, at them. My childhood. <laughs> Listen, just because Arlie beat me once doesn't mean I'm bad. I beat you a few times. Just because you beat me like one out of a hundred times is fine. But That was it, the PlayStation experience. They announced a lot of stuff in their credit. They showed a ton of stuff at that at that. It was you know. actually pretty packed. Yeah. Um, I remember you got some sort of trading card thing if you signed in online and watched it. I don't know what came of that. I didn't. I didn't do it. You had to sign in both days. Remember that one year they used PlayStation Home and you could like explore their E3 booth <laughs> digitally? Remember PlayStation Home? Yes. I do. I spent money in that. My guy I... had like a leather jacket and a cowboy hat. Yeah, you probably looked like Irving, you weirdo. Yeah, Irvine Kinians. Irvine uh, R.I.P. Majesco Entertainment, who has uh, merged with a media publisher and has quit the video game industry. What did they make last? Cooking Mama? <laughs> Remember when Cooking Mama, when you'd mess something up and she'd say something, and you couldn't ever figure out what she Wonderful. said? Wonderful! Yeah. Do uh, not mind. So, uh, they rose to prominence as a publisher of titles for core gamers like the Blood Rain uh, games. Psychonauts, of course, was them as well. The Cooking Mama series. Wait, Jillian Michaels' Fitness Ultimatum. Psychonauts? Psychonauts? They published Psychonauts. They're a pub- oh, game okay. publisher. I thought, I thought yeah. that... Um, they they kind of dipped into shovelware when the Wii came around with the well, aforementioned Cookie did. Mamas and yeah, stuff. Everyone did, and they they were basically like the the team you could go to with your semi indie game and be like, "Can we get some publishing dollars?" And they're like, "Ah, that looks like it'll make its money back." Sure, uh, so they're gone. They got they were almost delisted from the Nasdaq a while ago for under being under the one dollar minimum. Uh, they also uh, developed uh, what was it, Boy and His Blob, for, and the uh, Way Forward game. Uh, Gone Home was also a Majesco game. So you don't associate them with many games that they've actually had a hand in. Uh, they are uh, they're just they're just that hedge fund that they're people just call a them. publisher. Man. They're just a publisher. They're like Fox. Uh, so it was semi leaked this week that uh, the Nintendo Switch will be bringing GameCube games to its virtual console, meaning Super Smash Brothers Melee will finally be featured on a console that can plug into an HDMI port, well, meaning no more CRTs, meaning Melee can raise, uh, rise to esports prominence. Rob, your thoughts? There's a, It's a hot topic in the community right now. I could imagine. I don't follow um, it at all. All I heard was GameCube games, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. There's some I, good GameCube I follow games. Them. I follow the Melee scene still. I mean, I've, I've retired from yeah. from the game, like, but I retired on top. Watch do watch the odd tournament. Uh, do do follow it on on Reddit and whatnot. Uh, there's a lot of communication about that. Um, so far, people are worried about input lag, um, but it sounds like the consensus is that having it on HDMI will reduce input lag. I think it is, um, but there's always going to be some anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, I think that people are excited about this, but it, you know. 
I, what I truly think people want is is a, a new melee, like a melee two. Yeah. Um, don't know if that'll ever happen. Uh, it's cool that they that they're supposedly doing this. Um, they kind of have to to keep on par with what Sony and Microsoft are Th- doing. That is the, the like people do acknowledge that the CRT and the the input lag thing is is a serious issue with this game being taken seriously going forward. Yeah, like, because tournament setup is insane. Yeah. You you literally have to bring dozens of CRT televisions with you and that's not an easy task. Um, like you remember when you would like help your grandparents move or something like that? Yeah. Those yeah, things are filled with bricks, are, I swear to god. Yeah, it's like a hundred pounds for a for a decent size one. And then all the extra equipment you have to do to set it up on a projector or get it to, going to a computer and all that just doesn't make sense comparatively. So uh, you know that's that's been one of the main things. And much in the same way, pocket tournament is not really taking that that no, seriously yeah. because you need two Wii U's to play head to head at the proper frame rate. Ridiculous. If you play on the same console, one person plays on the gamepad and they it derezzes the game. Yeah, it's, it's super it's weird, ridiculous. So, uh, however, we have to say pocket is a good game. It's fun. Don't know. I never played it. It's it's just really looks fun. like garbage though. You know um, what, Rob? But I, swear I to mean, God. yeah, there's a lot of a lot of talk going on about that. Speaking of the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I don't know if you watch Jimmy Fallon. There's another thing oh. about Melee that's a hot topic that I might as well bring up. Sure. Um, there's this thing that someone made. It's called the Smashbox. Sure. It's basically uh, not a place you go to smash. It's a place uh, where you... It's a controller. It's an arcade-style controller. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and it's a hot topic in the Smash Bros. community right now as well because it's uh, you're playing with physical equipment that's different than what everyone else is playing with. Um, the one equalizer... Was always the melee game controller. the GameCube controller, <laughs> but someone has found a way to. Well, what if work I got one of those it? Fantasy Star Online uh, keyboard controllers no. that you could argue gives me, uh, you know? Well, that's that's what people are saying is like, it should this be tournament legal? Should it not? It's a huge debate right now. In the okay, well, look so. at every other fighting game where it's whatever you're comfortable with. If someone's going to use that box, is it going to give? Is it giving it's, them an unfair advantage? That's what the question is. Yeah. So. No one. It's a it's a large debate. You got doggo. Um, it's covered in animals during this recording here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna pan out one way or the other. Uh, one of the pro players, I think, uses it. Uh, I think his name's Gravy. Um, he's pretty good. He's Captain Falcon main. But in any case, hot topic. I'm curious to see how that turns out. Curious to see if we'll see the Smashbox being used. Uh, of course, it's only working for the GameCube right now. So, so what happens in the future? Yeah, you know what happens when the Switch comes out. Well, yeah, is it going to support? Are we, are we going to be playing it on that new Switch Pro controller, or are we, you know, are we going to get a GameCube controller adapter, and then we have input lag? Well, here's again. the thing: the Switch is obviously going to have USB inputs, which is what that GameCube adapter plugs into. So why not? But then, why not? But then, do we have input lag? That's do we? The question. I mean, it's wired. It's always better than not. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I don't watch Jimmy Fallon personally, but uh, I like Reggie, Jimmy Fallon. Sure, sure. Reggie Phils May was on there. Was he? Yeah. When he was the third guest, instead when? of having Ben Harper, uh, they had uh, this was this was earlier this week. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday night. I didn't know was that it? Reg was on there. Reggie. Uh, Reggie doesn't have a casual conversation. No, he's all business. He's he's on. He's on. He's always he's working. in yeah. business mode. Except he that was, time it, he was drunk at the Smash Bros. He, yeah, exactly. He was on. He was in E3 mode. John uh, Madden. John Madden. Uh, during this whole presentation in which he showed Jimmy uh, the Switch. Jimmy was playing some uh, some Zelda on there. Uh, some other stuff happened throughout the night as if they, they showed the Super Mario Run trailer, which had no gameplay. Uh, we learned some more about Run, that it's kind of inspired by speedrunners, 
uh, and and weird things that Nintendo wanted to say about it. It's probably going to have to have a constant internet connection to work, which people are like, okay, well, so much for playing it on my commute to work, which is a subway tunnel where we lose connection. No, no dice. Uh, especially when they have something like the 3DS, which they, they've never implemented a always-connected DRM kind of thing. Uh, I guess they feel cell phones need it. Anyways, you can check out most of this stuff online uh, from The Tonight Show and, and showing the Switch. just want people to mod the game, and it's, it's going to have a leaderboard and all that, It's too, worth no- so. noting, this is the first time we have seen the Switch outside of a trailer yeah. uh, being being operated. So, so there. Um, so that was kind of neat. Kind of a neat feature for for a video game. I was seeing some hate on. I was seeing the hate online. Rob, uh, people yeah. were were saying uh, that ha- video games are being shown in a in a negative light on late night shows and the way that Conan shows them. And I completely disagree. As someone who doesn't play video games, Conan's clueless gamer segments, I think they're funny, are funny and entertaining. Yeah. As someone who does play video games, you're seeing. A, f- a filter being thrown on something you are extremely familiar with yeah. and seeing what a layman comes to a, a new video game series like a well, Hitman or a Final Fantasy 15 the, and see and see through their eyes how, how it can be viewed by someone, a man on the street, so yeah. to speak. There was a um, huge amount of, um, I guess, criticism uh, or shade, if you will, being thrown Jimmy Kimmel's way because he... Uh, it was around the time that Amazon was buying Twitch... Um, and which, by the way, there is now a thing called Twitch Prime. Don't even get me started on Twitch Prime. But in any case, um, Jimmy Kimmel was taught was basically saying like, "How stupid do you have to be to sit there and watch somebody play video games instead of doing something else with your life?" Mm. And a lot of people got mad about it. Um, he he found out that people were really mad about it, and of course, it's good press for him because people are talking about him. So he brought some popular streamers onto his show and and did that um so there's a lot of people saying that like yeah same thing kimmel uh putting like gamers in a pretty negative light uh jimmy fallon really doesn't put anybody into a negative light i don't think very very often at all but he you know hosts a talk show where people come on and and talk about things uh he's pretty well like connected with uh the younger audience i think so he's he's my favorite of like the big talk show hosts right now um but yeah I miss you, Craig Ferguson. Yeah, Ferguson. Mirror's Charge. Time for the Active Time Conversation. Here we are, Rob. Uh, so mine, uh, I have a few lined up actually for today, but we'll we'll start one that I know we both can kind of weigh in on, and it's uh, an attack on Final, Fan- Final Fantasy's Reliance, this new 15 game's Reliance, on the two primers they released, uh, and apparently that Final Fantasy 15 will be getting updates to deepen the story and fix its worst chapter, uh, which people are saying in chapter 13. Oh my god. I was hoping that would come up during this, because chapter 13 is by far, one of the worst experiences I've had in a Final Fantasy game. By far, awful. It's it's a without spoiling anything. What's the issue? The issue is that it is an on rails chapter where you cannot deviate. It you can't deviate. So there's a point where you can go back into open world without any like you just go to a safe point or a, a camp, if you will, or a, a hotel, and you can go into open world mode. 
during story stuff. Um, the problem is that they take away that ability to do that, and you're on rails for about three hours of gameplay, two hours of gameplay probably. Yikes. Or at least it feels like that long, maybe longer. Is it... Now follow me here. Sure. Is it a coincidence that this linear chapter... Is on number 13. Is number 13. <laughs> I don't think so. But it's it's basically the worst parts of Final Fantasy 13 smashed into Final Fantasy 15. Because you have notoriously said a couple times on this podcast that the development team had a lot of trouble differentiating uh, the di- the different Final, Final Fantasies and which, perceiving yeah. which way they should go with the game yeah. direction. Well, and this seemed very much like... It, it certainly... Was there uh, any armpits in this chapter that you remember? No. Okay. But it's certainly, like, its its job, I guess, like, the purpose they put it there was to further motivate you into, uh, I guess, why you should dislike the main villain. or like Because they hadn't you, set it up previously? Give you <laughs> more reason to go after him type of thing, right? But it's just, like, it's so dragged out, and it's so, there's all these, like, it, it, okay, it's let's call it a hallway. Let's say you're in a hallway. All right, you Lee are walking down a hallway. Okay, I throw hurdles into this hallway for no reason, just just to give you. But they're not like hurdles; they're things you have to climb over. Okay, or like you gotta climb back down the other side. Then you gotta go, and there's maybe an enemy there, and then there's like an enemy that jumps out at you around the corner, and like it's it just is it's so fucking bad, and it legitimately made me want to stop playing the game at points. And well, I knew I knew there were gonna there was gonna be a break from this, so I was like, you know what? If we just power through this, if we can just hold on, and just just get through this part, I'll get back to the good stuff. And there is that good stuff, um, and somewhat of a payoff at the end of it. But it sucks. It is actually bad. I really did not like that part of the game. Um, it's probably my most hated part of that game. And it's great to know that they're gonna be maybe patching it or doing whatever they want to do with it. But it sucks that I've already had to go through it. Uh, Tabata explained that it will receive gameplay improvements to make it more palatable for fans, like making the magical ring item more powerful. That's all. That's as vague as this this article says. Uh, other enhancements will also be revealed closer to the patch's release. Later patches will focus on narrative, with more cutscenes filling in the gaps in some of the characters' storylines. Yeah, but there's no. All they have to do is let you play the Brotherhood anime in the game. My Like when you stay at a hotel, you can fucking toss in a DVD and you're watching an anime based on you and your bros. I just, I guess <laughs> I like my my beef with that is that like I already beat the game. So so you shipped me a complete experience. Fine. Good. Yeah. I played it. There's, there's parts that suck with it. Fine. I, I accept that as part of the whole. But now you're you're going back and fixing them. So in order for me to play the proper version or the version that um, is more palatable, let's call it, or improved, so again, I have to go do the whole story all over again. Being being vague, uh, there are also plans for a new game plus mode that will allow players to carry stats over to new playthroughs, as well as options for different kinds of playstyles. New bosses and achievements are also in the works. Okay, so then get that platinum that, while you can. Then that yeah, then that is awesome because there is no new game plus mode. Right now, although I will say this, when you finish the game, the title screen changes, <gasps> much in the way that Super Mario Kart 64 <laughs> changes the or title Pokemon screen. Stadium. <laughs> no, no one talks about. Okay, that. sorry. Uh, apologies. I'm actually holding this dog like it's a baby, little doggo. Uh, so 
what more do I have to say? I have a magic I can use. Uh, during that Jimmy Fallon segment, we had a very happy Shigeru Miyamoto uh, playing the Super Mario Brothers theme with the Roots. Uh, the Roots, easily the greatest uh, late night band to ever maybe exist. I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing it up there. Sorry, Kevin Eubanks. Uh, but that was that was cool. Uh, have you know Miyamoto having fun uh, and smiling is is all I really want out of life, really. Uh, did you have any others, Rob, or should I just barrel on through? Just barrel on through, man. You got it, buddy. The Walking Dead producers working on Altered Beast and Streets of Rage adaptations. Like the TV show? So apparently Sega is... Wait, what? what? Sega. Altered, Beats, Altered, Altered? Altered Beast. Yeah. And Streets of Rage. Uh, Sega has been in talks for a long time that they've been trying to shop around their game IPs for a possible TV adaptation. Uh, Golden Axe was, was thrown out there at some point. Unfortunately, we're not going to get a live-action Sonic the Hedgehog show on HBO um, because that would that would make bank. I would only imagine if you made it like super effed up, like it was the Which Sopranos. Which producers? Because uh, I can tell you right now. No, no you, well, you know, it's it's the Circle of Confusion uh, people that make Fear of Walking Dead, Powers, and Outcast. Not the OG producers of the yeah, Walking Dead not, series. Not Frank Darabont. The article's a little mis... mis no, Frank Darabont. I don't think he'll ever do a tele- television show again after uh, how fucked he got. He might, um, but it would ha- he would have so many clauses in his contract. Yeah. Earlier this year, Stories International announced plans to develop a Shinobi movie. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently they, uh, they've been shopping around 40 Sega properties, including Golden Axe, Crazy Taxi, and Virtual Fighter for feature films television shows and digital series since fighter. yeah virtual fighter the tv show since for, 2014 wow sure uh, a streets of rage can you, you saw kung fury yeah imagine if they took the the fictional content out of kung fury and with that style made a streets of rage ass kicking retro 80s arcade uh kick-ass television show what are you laughing at rob somebody at my work set off the work alarm yes and they're like spamming our intra-office i am they're like, oh god, the alarm's gonna go off in a minute, and everyone's just laughing about it. Is that when the the, mm. the machine guns pop out of the walls? And meanwhile, the directors of the company are gonna have to ga- go down. Hunger and- Games shit. Uh, quickly, I have another item, of sure. course, to mention is that the Build a Bear Workshop not only has Sonic the Hedgehog available, Tails and Charmander the Pokemon. Mm. Uh, so if you ever want to get a Charmander with a leather jacket and a cowboy hat, much like my character in PlayStation Home, now is your chance. Uh, just I assume these are out now. It, they would be remiss to not release these during the the holidays. Um, but uh, yeah, Pikachu and Eevee have been previously uh, featured at Build a Bear, so you get a quality plush and uh, get to dress them up and pay a goddamn premium. Nice. Uh, so I got the key item this week. So if uh, you don't mind, I'm just gonna go ahead and open up the chest. The cat kind of joined you there. That was nice. Key item this week is paying homage uh, to a game that was larger than life when it came out. Uh, in my opinion, anyways, was a was Shrek? a launch title. It was not Shrek. Some. It was not Shrek. Uh, but uh, featured all the wackiness that you might find in a Shrek. And that's Dead Rising 1 for the Xbox 360, later PC, and later PS4 and Xbox One. And they released it a few times. Uh, so this game, when it came out... I have a funny story about it, and that I was watching reviews on the run uh, one day, which oh, I think yeah. it might have been part of Electric Playground still. And they featured, hey, this new game that's being developed uh, by Capcom for the Xbox 360, and they showed Dead Rising. And the first time you see that game and the amount of zombies they've rendered and what you get to do to them in what is essentially a beat-em-up, 
with uh, a lot of caveats. Uh, man, you are stoked. I remember my buddy Trevin coming over and being like, oh man, me and Fernando had this cool idea for a video game and to a T explained this Dead Rising game uh, along with rescuing survivors and stuff like that. And I'm like, I popped in a VHS that I had the episode taped on. This is circa 2004, 2005. This is, this is like 10 years ago. Sounds like it's a billion years ago based on the technology represented. Popped in the VHS with the episode recorded on it and showed him this game and he's like, God damn it, Capcom owes me a check. Uh, so you play Frank West, who is a, uh, Jim West, Jim Desperado. West, Desperado, rough rider. He don't want none. He don't want nada. Uh, Frank West is a, he's, he's a war pho- photographist, photographer. He's, he's covered wars. He's covered all kinds of things, but this is the first time he's covered the first zombie outbreak in this particular universe at the Willamette Mall in Colorado. I think it was supposed to be. Uh, so the game takes place in a mall. You are rescuing survivors. You are getting calls on a walkie talkie from Otis constantly the entire game in text that you cannot read because the resolution is so damn big in that game uh you level up your character and the idea is that you are reliving the events of three days not unlike another great game with George mask uh where there are story beats throughout the days that give you some time to get to them but for the most part the first time you play it you're going to want to level up as much as you can explore them all as much as you can and kind of ignore that story element stuff and then you constantly reset your game in much a roguelike way, carrying Frank West's experiences, uh, his level ups, you know, obviously you get more, uh, bigger health meter and stuff like that. Uh, you get EXP from killing zombies, rescuing survivors and doing the story beats of the game, as well as taking photos in the game, a feature that people absolutely friggin' hated. Uh, another thing in the game is, uh, it's reliance on having to get certain items and going to certain places in the mall at certain times, uh, re spawning enemies, uh, having to fight these enemies called psychos that are throughout the mall uh, that you actually get achievements for killing each one. There's achievements for saving every survivor. It's a massive game. There's a lot to do. Lots of modes are unlocked. Uh, this was before DLC, <laughs> if you want to think of it that way. Uh, so you actually unlock things in the game without having to pay for them. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's crazy, man. was an absolutely cool game. Uh, you can get it now, I believe, on the PS4 and Xbox One for like 20 to $25 remastered. Uh, with, a, with a little, you know, the frames are kicked up and uh, it's looking a little good. Uh, after that, they shipped the IP to Canada and they have made Dead Rising... Uh, Forgive me if I'm wrong about this. They made two off the record, three and four. I could be wrong about that and they could have only had partial involvement with two and then made off the record as their jumping point, much like Batman Arkham Origins uh, was a side developer kind of taking the reins. Uh, and I believe 4 is their last game. So unless they just reissue the IP to them, the IP will now go back to Capcom for whatever the heck Dead Rising 5 might be. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to playing 4. I like Frank West as a character. I like the wackiness of the game where you can just put on like sundresses and check yourself out in a mirror and put buckets on zombies' heads and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the first game didn't have the weapon customization that uh, was, of course, introduced in the second game. That was pretty fun with uh, you know chainsaws at the end of a broomstick and whatnot. Uh, but that first game is a lot of fun and is, is worth checking out. I remember yeah. when I bought my 360, I was absolutely 100% buying Dead Rising with it. And then I saw that, at that point, um, Oblivion had come out. So Oblivion was my first game on 360. The first three 360s I had were defective and would either grind the game disc or Red Ring. Uh, so uh, let me tell you about the towel trick. Absolutely works. There were many play sessions that ran to 2 a.m. in the morning where obviously I'm not taking this thing back to EB Games. Uh, I'm towel tricking this thing, which would absolutely make it last the weekend. That sound 
when that console decided to grind a disc, man, you wake up in a cold goddamn sweat. Yeah. The... You're like, oh, no! I must have... Like, if I paid $500 for a 360 in this game, let's say, it's probably a little more than that at the time, uh, with the warranties and how many times I had to get either the game or the console replaced, easily three grand. Easily. Easily three grand in replacements that I didn't pay a cent for, obviously. But uh, every time, of course, I went back, I got the collector's edition of Oblivion as well. I swapped out the game four times. I swapped out my 360 four times as well before the fifth 360 stuck and worked. Um... Jesus Christ. Yeah, that dog's just passed out on Rob now. Dead Rising is our key item of the week. I think this dog farted. Okay, why? It stinks. Are you sure it wasn't you? Or the cat. <laughs> Anyhow, that's the show for this week. If you want to interact with us, of course, comment or uh, what have you. Anywhere we pl- post anything on the internet. Otherwise, at TurnbaseTacksory uh, on Twitter is where you find us. Lee at TurnbaseTac.com is where you can find me on email. Rob at TurnbaseTac.com is where you can find Rob. Uh, comment, tweet, whatever you want. You want a topic or question read on there, let us know. Uh, the Game of the Year is up next. I don't know if we have another show in the interim, but I have uh, invited some guests for Game of the Year to make it a little uh, more of a roundtable discussion uh, and get some, some you know, we, me and you can only play so much, so it's nice to have some other people come in who have maybe spent, uh, you know, a, a few dozen hours with games we didn't even touch this year. Uh, another game I didn't talk about at the beginning of the show was Hitman, the 2016 thing. I bought some more of the DLC there. That is an absolutely fantastic game, uh, and and no spoilers here will be appearing on my Game of the Year list easily. So that's it for the show, episode 47. Uh, say goodbye, Rob. Bye. <laughs>